0: I'm excited that you are here. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 2 Kings today. Uh, We're going to actually read a familiar passage if you kind of grew up in church. Uh, If you didn't, we're going to walk through this story today. Uh, I think it's a powerful story about a man named Naaman. Um, So 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. Um, Everybody got it? If you don't, it'll be on the screen behind us. We're gonna read through 14 verses, and it's it's a story, but it's a powerful story. So we're just gonna read through it, 14 verses. Uh, it says this in chapter 5, verse 1: Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and in high favor because by him the Lord had given him victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor. So. The scripture, the story begins to talk about who this man was. He was an important dude. Uh, he, he was a brave man. Uh, everything that the scripture to this point what is saying about him uh, are, are things that uh, men aspire to be and people aspire to be. But there's a big but, and it says this But he had leprosy. Now, back in the Bible times, if you're not familiar with this, leprosy was a disease that uh, you weren't able to go around people. And so the fact that he was able to be in the position that he was was already showing God's grace because as a leper, you couldn't go around people. You were considered uh, just by law, like you you were not clean and you need to get away from me. And so uh, this is Naaman. He, he was a man of valor, but he had leprosy. Now, the Syrians on the... Um, on one of their raids had carried off a little girl from the land of israel and she worked in the service of naaman's wife she was a slave she said to her mistress would that my lord were with the prophet who is in samaria he would cure him of leprosy so they drugged this girl out of god he, she was one of god's people and they took her out and, and she was a slave to naaman and his wife and, and somebody who's a nobody said man if you just knew my god If you just knew my god anybody have that testimony if you just knew my god and what he's done in my life if you just knew my god and what he's gotten me through if you just knew my god and what he carried me through right anybody can start a testimony like that if you just knew my god and how he's provided for my family and it was just this young girl who was a nobody saying man if you just knew my god he would heal you and it goes on to say this So Naaman went and told his Lord thus, and spoke the girl from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he went, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 changes of clothes. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, when this letter reaches you know that I have sent you Naaman, my servant, and that you may cure him of leprosy. And when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, am I God? To kill and to make alive that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy only consider and see how he is seeking a quarrel with me so this king gets upset he's like man who who does this guy think i am that i could heal you of this sick disease so he gets frustrated and he thinks that he's trying to pick a fight with him verse 8 says but when elisha the man of god heard that the king of israel had torn his clothes he sent to the king saying why have you torn your clothes let him come now to me that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. A prophet in the Old Testament was a, was a person who spoke to the people. God spoke to the prophet and the prophet spoke to the people about what God was saying. And Elisha saying there is a prophet. And he said this in verse 10. Elisha sent a messenger to him and said, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. Verse 11. But Naaman was angry and he went away saying, behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. But his servants came near and he said to him, My father, it is a great word that the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has he actually s- said to you, Wash and be clean? So Naaman, he went and he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. Today I, I titled my message, Heal Yes. Heal Yes. Be careful heal yes and and I want to talk to you I believe that God wants to take he he wants to heal some people in this room today I I believe God wants to do such an intricate work in your heart but man in order to get to that place of healing a journey has to take place and so I, I ask you today before we pray man whatever you've been carrying from your childhood from a previous marriage, from, from a, a, a previous addiction, from a previous hurt, from, from whatever may have happened in your past. Man, would you lay that before the Lord today? Because I think if we were all honest and I were to ask you, man, do you, are you ready to be healed from that? Your answer would probably say, heal? Yeah. Yeah, let's pray, Father. I thank you so much for real church. I thank you uh, that you're using us, that uh, that you're you're amongst us, that you're for us. But God, you're you're just not for a group of people, but you are for individuals. You 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 call people by names. You know the numbers of hairs on people's heads. And so this morning, Father, I pray that healing would take place in this room. Deep wounds would be healed. Unforgiveness would be healed, anger would be taken away. Because Father, I I believe you wanna do a deep work in hearts this morning. So Father, I pray that we would submit ourselves to you as Lord, that you would be our Lord, and that we would take the journey that you have for us in our healing. We love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. And all of his people said, amen. It's good to see you in your jerseys. I can tell who, who needs deep healing. And the people in green, some red, uh, and all the saved people are in their blue, amen? I'm just joking. I'm just being serious. Um, people's stories. I don't know about you, but how many of you ever look around at people's and, and you just wonder, man, I wonder how they got to this place in their life? Uh, most of the time, I, I, I look at homeless people not, and I think, man, I would just love to sit with that person and just ask them. Man, how did you get here? Not in a condemning way, not in an ugly way, but I just want to know, man, what's your journey been like that's gotten you to this point? And, and when I look at adults, when, when I'm counseling adults, when I'm, uh, people are bringing their problems to me as their pastor, I just, man, wh- I, I have to get context. I have to say, because this didn't just happen, right? A, a journey took place in order for you to be where you are right now. And I just, I'm so curious. I'm man, why are we the way we are some of you are, uh, uh, forgive me, all of us are the way we are because of something, whether it was because of the way you were raised. Some of you, you were raised in a single home. Some of you, all you had was mom. Some of you, you were raised uh, with just dad. Some of you were raised in a home with loving parents who gave you the world, but we all grew up differently. Some of you uh, grew up with parents who were harsh, and, and they, they were stern, and they, 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 they taught you discipline. And, and some of you, uh, you, you grew up in a home where you could do whatever you want. And whatever way you grew up, it made you the person who you are today. And that was your journey. And on that journey, though, hurts happened. Things happened, Things happened to you that I think uh, that are disgusting and nasty and should have never happened to you. And I don't, I don't dismiss your feelings because of that. But I do think that God wants to heal those feelings Some of you grew up and you're in a place in your life where you are just angry. You're angry at everyone. You're angry or you're projecting that because really the issue is you're angry at self. And whatever, again, what happened, you are the way you are because of the journey that you took And sometimes we don't enjoy the journey. We want to get to the destination. We want to get to the place of healing. I want to be healed. I want to not have this unforgiveness towards this person anymore. I don't want to be angry at these people for what they did to me. And guess what? You can get to that place. Healing can take place. But there has to be a journey. Destinations always require a journey. I'm a basketball coach, uh, and, and every single year we get our team together. and We're in the locker room, and we ask the boys, "Man, what do you want? What do you want out of this season?" And of course, you know, you have 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old boys, and coach, we want a state championship. And and then you're like, "Yeah, me too." How many times did you touch a basketball this summer? Uh, I haven't, coach. And I'm like, well, guys, you know, it, it, there's got to be a journey. There has to be a journey to get to the state championship. I've coached in the state championship before. I've won a state championship. I, looked, I have a medal, a gold medal. But when I look back, man, those people, those, that team, that coaching staff, that group of young men, they did what was required of them to get to that destination. And so I think the same way in our Christian life, man, let me ask you, what if your blessing, what if your healing was on the other side of your obedience? Because, again, uh, when I referenced that team, those, those young men took whatever it took to get to that place. I remember it was in a small town. Uh, I mean, pe- kids were riding their four-wheelers to the gym. It was such a small town. And I remember they were shooting a 1,000 shots a night. Nine o'clock at night, they're in the gym. And, and when other people think, man, y'all are crazy. Don't you have something better to do? But they understood that on the other side of that could be the, the destination that they were hoping for. And so they had the discipline they took, they walked that journey. And I think too many times, Christians, all we do is suppress. We push away, we ignore, we pretend like it's not there. Some of us, your type, when something happens, you, you just pretend like it's not there. You're like, I don't see it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. And, and, but guess what? Everybody around you can tell that it's manifesting because you won't deal with it. And so your hurt begins to show and you've probably heard this quote before, but hurt people hurt people, right? So you're walking around uh, with your anger, and now you're just angry at everybody else. You're walking around with your hurt, so you're just hurting everybody else. You're walking around with your insecurity because of your past uh, experiences, and now you're projecting all those insecurities on other people. And I think you get the point that I'm trying to make. But I think that today, if you're willing to, I think God can heal those places in your heart. I think God can heal those places in your soul. It's funny, if you go back into the Gospels and you look at Jesus and his miracles, you look at all the people that he healed, at an occasion, he would go up to people and he'd say, hey, do you want to be healed? And if you're really reading it and you really think about that question, what if you went to the hospital today and you look at somebody uh, you look at a cancer patient, you look at somebody uh, who has uh, a terminal disease, you look at somebody who, even with a strep throat, whatever level their disease or whatever level they're at of their sickness, and you look at them and say, "Hey, do you want to be healed?" You can imagine their face, they'd be like, "No, that's a stupid question. "Yeah, I want to be healed. I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of being sick." And and I think in a a point in our life, we have to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because guess what? In God's kingdom, there's joy. In God's kingdom, there's peace. In God's kingdom, there's love. But because of our experiences and us not giving those right back to God, man, we walk in depression. We walk in hurt. We walk, and and, and I've been in that place. I've been in dark places where uh, I didn't care who I hurt. I didn't care about my actions and who those actions were going to hurt. Why? Because I wouldn't allow God to heal those places in my life. And and, and let me tell you, being set free, if you've ever been set free from those things, you know what it's like to walk in freedom. There is no place like freedom. Is there anybody who's ever experienced God's freedom? You can amen that because I believe God wants to do that today in this place. And I want to look at this story Uh, and a couple of observations really and how we can glean from them and and how we can have healing in our life it's funny when you read this story naaman was this man who was so high up in god's kingdom he was so high up in the army and he had this disease in our world that would be sin of course all of us are born into the world with sin. All of us deal with sin. So people who pretend like they're perfect, clean, uh, you, you're, you're fooling yourself, right? Uh, I, I had a conversation this week with, with another man. He's like, man, these people are doing this and they're doing that. And I'm like, man, and, and I pretty much referenced the scripture, uh, wherever sin is, there more the grace abounds even more. There's such an opportunity for even more grace to happen and to show uh i remember a couple weeks ago uh, i was going in i might have told this story before i'm not sure uh, but this lady she was like uh she she saw the name on the account for real church and she goes are are you are you the pastor and i said yes ma'am uh and she started asking all these questions "Goes, let me ask you something she said why why do preachers think it's okay uh for for homosexuals to they think that that's okay and they they and she just started harping on homosexuals she's like do you teach on that? And I said, uh, you know, and I, I kind of smirked, and, and I always think it's funny that people are so quick. We are so quick to point out people's sin, but we're so slow to acknowledge our own sin, right? And, and when you start acknowledging that you're imperfect, when you start acknowledging when you have sin in your life, guess what? You don't worry about other people's sin. You just look at them and you're like, man, I'm just as messed up as you are. And we all need the grace of God in our lives. And so I began talking to her. I said. I said, yeah, I, I, I do believe um, that marriage is between a man and a woman. And I think there are people in their life that struggle with that. They wrestle with that. There's some, uh, they have some questions about that. I said, but I tell you what, every time I talk about that topic, I also talk about the topic of uh, heterosexual sin. I said, there's plenty of people in church who uh, they're sleeping with each other and they're not married, right? Uh, and, and she kind of was taken back like, Literally 10 minutes into our conversation, she goes, you know, my dad tells me that I shouldn't be living with this man (laughs) that I'm living with right now. And I was like, man, like, it is so crazy, right? And and, and so, man, let me say this. When we go, Naaman had this leprosy and people would look at him like, you disgusting. Man, we have to humble ourselves and say, I'm just like him. She's just like me. It may look differently. It may sound differently. But guess what? I am no better than them. And that's where the humility of a Christian comes into the life. Because let me tell you, we cannot be healed if we don't have humility in our life. Because humility will require you to lay before God and say, I am yours. My life is not mine. It was purchased and it was bought by the blood of Jesus. And because of that, I am not my own and in that humility, you can live your life out, because Naaman then comes in, and this little slave girl, a nobody, a nobody, was like, man, if you knew my God, if you knew my God could heal you, and guess what? Naaman, at that point, could have said, man, who who are you? Who are you? Who are you to tell me if you knew my God? You're just some little girl, And can I submit to you that we do that in our lives? We look at other people who only want to love us, and we're like, man, what do they know? They ain't even never walked my shoes. They've never gone through what I've gone through. Believe it or not, uh, I'm young, (laughs) and some people would say, oh, literally, I've counseled people and they're asking me questions and i'm trying to help them and love them and, and, and you know i've been married now we're about to celebrate five years and and he's like oh but yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're 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 still in your honeymoon stage and i'm like then why are you sitting in front of me like why uh, why did you call me man i'm just trying to love you and help you but guess what we think people are beneath us we look at somebody else's nationality we look at somebody else's education or lack of Eh, I'm smarter than that person. They couldn't tell me. You can't tell me. Man, I got way more money than that person. What do they know? I've worked way harder, right? And and, and whether we want to admit it or not, these are the thoughts that we have, that people are beneath us. And who are you to tell me? And can I say that Naaman would have never got his healing if he would have looked at this little girl and said, who are you? Who are you to tell me? And so number one, if healing, needs to, if healing will take place, humility has to set in. Humility has to set in. And so then uh, he, he goes to his king He says, hey, I need to go see this king of Israel. And this king is like, cool, go do what you need to do. Matter of fact, I'll even write you a letter of recommendation. When you get there, just hand that to him and you'll be good to go. And so Naaman, what he does, I love how descriptive the Bible is, it begins to list all the things that he begins to take with him. Because, again, this man is a man of valor. He's high up in the kingdom. And out of insecurity, he needed to show people that he had stuff and that who he was. And how many times do we do that? How many times do we say, oh, yeah, 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 This this is what I do at my job. Why? Like, we, we try to tell people who we are by the title of our job. But that's not who you are. That's what you do. Last week I referenced, I no longer, I never introduced myself as Pastor Carlos because the Lord said, that's not who you are. That's what you do. And, and, and so, uh, but we do it out of insecurity because we think if we have this cool title or, or if we're a higher up in our company or, or, or if we have, we know, people know that if they know this, then they know I'll probably make about this much. And it's all out of insecurity. And that insecurity needs to be healed. And so he sends him off, and he begins to pack all his stuff. He begins to pack his money. He begins to pack his clothes. And he shows up, and he gives the note to the king, and the king gets angry. I think it's funny that the king got angry, and he's he, he so angry. I don't, I don't know about you. I don't think I've ever been so angry that I just start taking off my clothes. Like, <laughs> like, this dude was mad. He starts ripping off his robe, starts taking off his clothes. I don't know. Maybe when me and Adriana got in a fight one time, I threw my shirt or something. Uh, but he was so mad, he begins to throw off all his clothes. And, and, and I can imagine Naaman like, yo, dude, chill. I just want to be healed in my leprosy. And, and this king says, Man, do you think I'm God? Do you think I I can deliver this healing? And guess what? What what this is actually showing us is that sin will always, it'll never deliver. Sin will never deliver. Let me repeat that sin will never deliver. The things you turn to outside of God that you're trying to fill that void, you're trying to hide that healing, you're trying to, to ignore that healing, it will never deliver. It'll always leave you empty again. Always. And so I, I want to again submit to you today, man, what are you, what are you turning to that will always undeliver in your life? And we've talked about this for this series, this journey. On the journey, sometimes some people turn, uh, week one we talked about, some people turn to spending money. Some people uh, turn to food. Some people turn to even good things, good things that we've turned into God's. What, what are you turning to? Because it'll always undeliver, undeliver. And, and, and you will end up like the king, frustrated and angry, like, why? What well, why? And so Naaman's like, whatever, man. Like, uh, and and uh, the man of God in a Dak Prescott jersey says, there is a king in this country. Uh, and, and he says, bring him to me. And, and so Elisha says, there is a prophet, there is a God who can heal this man and so he says bring him to me and so Naaman excited he's just he, he can you imagine him at this point he's like man I just got to be healed I am tired of this disease I'm tired of people looking at me this way I'm tired of feeling this way I'm tired of living this way I just want to be healed I just want to be healed I'll do whatever it takes to be healed and so he packs up his stuff again, and he goes and, and he pulls up to this. It says, again, being very descriptive, he pulls up in his chariots, in his, in his squad. He rolls up uh, with these people. Why? Once again, I believe that Naaman was trying to show who he was. He was trying to show that he had status. He was trying to show that I, I, I'm a dude. And, and guess what? Elisha, a true man of God, was like, man, none of that stuff matters to me. And he sends out a messenger. He sends out a messenger. I don't know about you, but it's funny. Sometimes we get, you know, we get the phone calls, and I've seen this the whole time of my life. I've been in ministry, but people, you know, they pick up their phone. Can, can I talk to the pastor? And they're like, well, he's, he's busy right now. What, is there anything we can do for you? Well, I was just wondering if the pastor could pray. If the pa- well, well, I can pray for you. No, 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 no. I need the pastor, right? Some of you might've done that before. <laughs> Guess what? You don't need the pastor. And that's what happens here. He sends out his messenger, and Naaman goes, how dare you? What are you talking about? And the messenger comes out, and he gives him specific instructions. He says, you need to go to this river, and you need to dip yourself seven times. Seven times the number of completion, the number of wholeness, the number uh, that if he does this, if he takes this journey, if he obeys, he'll be healed. Simple instructions. It was very XYZ. All he had to do was go do what the messenger said. And so when the messenger was done giving him his, his instruction, Naaman doesn't even acknowledge the instruction. Man, some of you, God has given you direction in your life, and you're, just, you're not even acknowledging them. You're not even praying about them. Man, he's leading you this way, and you're just ignoring them. He's, he, he, he's speaking to some of your men about your families, and you're just ignoring. You know the right path you, you need to take your family on, and you're just ignoring them. And, and Naaman says, man, I can't believe you sent out a messenger. I need the pastor. I need the man of God. And he walks away angry. And again, man, some of, you are, or some, some of us are walking away angry and upset because we don't like the journey that God is requiring us to take. We think we're smarter than that. We think there's a better way. We think that no way that's going to work. No way, no way, no way. And then a man in his squad, and I've said this before, it is so vital about the people you have in your life. You need people around you who are going to encourage you. You need people in your life who are going to lift you up. You need people in your life who are going to pray for you. You need people in your life when you need somebody to have your back, that they are there. And that is why we have the church. You need people like that. And this young man goes, hey, Naaman, come here, dude. Hey, come here. I know you're mad. I know you think that instruction is kind of stupid. I I I know that you don't think that's the right way. I know you're upset that... You didn't get to talk to Elisha. But what do you think? Maybe if you go do this, you'll go get healed. Right? You need people in your life that when when you're turning to things of the world, when you're, hey, dude, hey, hey, why don't you come back this way? They're they're not coming to you like, what are you doing? You big dump. No, they're like, hey, the Bible says that you need to restore people softly, gently. And it's easy, again, we want to do that, but when you realize, man, I'm just like you, you're like, hey, let's walk this out together. Let's do this together. And Naaman had this person in his life. Once again, Naaman would have missed his blessing. He would have missed his healing if it wasn't for his circle of people around him. Who's in your circle? Who do you have around you? Who's praying for? Who are you praying for? Who are you encouraging Too many times we think this is all about us and we won't send that text message. I've been doing my best to be better at it and I I felt this week that the Spirit of the Lord just put somebody on my heart. And that's what it is. You just start thinking about somebody. Nothing complicated. You're not going to get a vision of this person. But man, the Lord, you ever just think of somebody like, man, why am I thinking about that person? And so I just, I'm driving. I tell my wife that all the time. I'm just driving. Every time I'm driving, I just call somebody or text somebody. And I'm driving, I'll call this man. I was like, Man, uh, uh, it sounded like he had just woken up. Great pastor friend of mine. I'm like, dude, it's like noon, wake up. And he goes, dude, I'm in the emergency room right now. I'm walking in to see if I need surgery. And immediately the Lord was just reminding me like, man, when I put someone on your heart, you need to check on them. You need to text them. You need to call them. God isn't just dropping that person in your spirit for whatever reason. And so throughout your day, man, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because he's trying to speak to you. He's trying to lay people on your heart. And this weekend, uh, the Lord just put it in a picture for me. Uh, my nephew um, just moved to Midland, and he's been uh, he's playing football. And I've never been able to consistently watch him play football. So I, you would think I'm his dad out there, as hype as I'm getting. <laughs> and yesterday. Uh, he catches a pass, and and I'm I'm yelling like get up field, get up field, and all the receivers on the outside miss their block, So my nephew's just getting pummeled, just boom 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 boom, and he's getting tackled. And, and and the coach is like, where are you going? And I'm like, where can he go? Like, what are you talking about? And, and a couple of plays later, uh, same play but to a different player. Who he throws the pass, and Corbin, my nephew, misses his block. And the coach is like, block, I'm tired of us missing blocks. And and we began to talk to my nephew after the game, and I didn't even say it was my sister to him. She goes, you know, you need to block the way you would want them to block for you when you catch the ball. Guess what, just like you want people checking up on you, you need to be checking up on people. People are going through journeys that we have no idea about. They might have sickness in their family that you have no clue about. They might be going through stuff at work that you have no idea. Their finances might be in shambles that you have no idea about. But we get selfish and we're like, nobody's checking up on me. Nobody's texting, calling me. So why am I going to call them, right? Anybody guilty of that? Nobody. Wow. We got a good. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just trying to speak truth today. That's the way we get. We we turn into these little children right? And, that, and so Naaman, let's get back to the story. Naaman, you know, his friends like, hey, hey, why, why don't you go? And he goes, man, I could have done this at home. You want me to go into that? the river that he, he was talking about? Uh, it, it, it was disgusting, nasty. It, it was water that you didn't go in. How can I go get clean like that? And, and so uh, we as Christians, we don't live by sight. We live by faith. And so he had to have faith that, that him going and dipping himself seven times would heal him. But in the natural, it looked, man, there's no way. That river is disgusting. It is one of the nastiest rivers in biblical times. And he, could, and he, said, he even mentioned, man, I could have done this back home. Inconvenience. Can I, can I tell you something? God will always inconvenient you for a healing. He will always inconvenient you it's always inconvenient. Serving people is always inconvenient. Loving people, it's always inconvenient. I get a phone call this week again, and and this man's like, man, this guy at the gym came and he is struggling with the same thing that God set me free, set me from, but I'm I'm in the gym and I got scared. And he goes, I think, uh, man, I'm just feeling horrible. I was like, man, you just missed an opportunity. That's it. You just missed an opportunity. And he began to share his emotion. Guess what? It's always inconvenient to your emotions. It's always inconvenient to what you feel and what you think. It's always inconvenient. And so it was inconvenient to Naaman. I could have done this at home. Why did I travel all this way? Why, why, why am I talking to people who aren't on my level? Why, why am I going to go dip in this nasty river? Because it's inconvenient. And God just wants our obedience. He just wants obedience. And so he goes... And he's like, all right, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll I'll step into this nasty river. And I think this is the threshold, though. This is the threshold that I think we as humans are scared to walk, that we'll say, you know what, I'm just going to try. I'm just going to try it. You know what? The Lord uh, gave me a gift to sing. I'm just going to try it. I'm looking right at her because she can sing. (laughs) You know what? You know what? The Lord gifted me in this way, I love people, I'm just gonna try greeting people. Man, the Lord's really blessed my business, the Lord's really blessed my career, I'm just gonna try to start giving. You know what, the Lord's really given me a burden for people, you know what, I'm just gonna start trying to reach out to strangers and, and asking how I can pray for them. You know, the, the Lord's really gifted me with, with, with a burden to pray for others. I'm going to ask Pastor Carlos if there's anybody leading a prayer team. No, there's not. But it's inconvenient. And this is the threshold where I feel like we stop when God wants to do something in our life. But God needed to heal Naaman. And and God wants to heal some of you this morning. So before we can get to the serving, before we can get to the giving, before we can get to the trusting and loving, man, we have to deal with that thing in our own life. And God's requ- He's saying, hey, would you just give it to me? Just, just, just give it to me. Naaman wanted this big ceremony. He's like, I thought you were going to wave your hand. People want to be recognized. We think it's supposed to play out a certain way. We think it's supposed to be done a certain way. It's inconvenient. And, and, and God says, this is what I need you to do. And so finally, and the team can come up. Naaman finally is like, you know what, I'm going to try it. And he goes and he goes into this nasty river. And I can imagine, Naaman, you have to think, this was the nastiest river. Some of you look at your children's bathtub water and you're like, that's nasty. (laughs) And, 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 And Naaman's looking at this river like, there's no possible way that God could heal my life through this process. And some of you, you've been wrestling with God. You've been holding on to your anger. You've been holding on to unforgiveness towards somebody. You, you, you've been hanging on to bitterness. Uh, you've been hanging on to whatever it is. And God is saying, man, I just want to take that from you. But This is what I require. This is what I need. I need you to just give it to me. So Naaman walking in, I can imagine he, he's thinking, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. Seven times, that's weird. That's weird instruction, seven times. Let's try it, let's try it. So he goes in and I can imagine the first one, he dips up and he comes back up and he looks at himself thinking, oh, I'm gonna be healed, that seven was just a joke. One time, it only takes one time. Maybe if I give one time, maybe if I serve one time, maybe maybe just one time I pray, maybe one time I trust. One time I'll, I'll read my Bible and he doesn't get healed. Man, this is dumb so then he begins to become uh, you know, apathetic and, and he, he's like, you know what? Two times, what, what, what am I gonna lose? Two times comes up, I told you. I told you God couldn't do this. I told you God didn't wanna heal me of this. I told you God didn't wanna take this from me. I told you God didn't wanna give me peace in my life and joy. You think I can walk around with a smile on my face with what's going on in my life? No way. Look at me. He's like three times. Comes up out of the water, nothing. He's a lot better than me because after three times dipping I would have said, you know what, I'm out. This isn't working. I've been to church for three weeks and I have not yet to see God's blessing on my life. Can, Can we be real? Four times, I'll give it a shot. Comes up out of the water, still nothing, nothing. I'm wasting my time. I could be sleeping in because it's raining outside. I could be eating menudo at home. I I, I could be watching uh, whatever I need to be watching on Netflix, but I'm wasting my time. God doesn't care about me. He goes in five times. Still nothing. You know what? I've made it this far on my own. I don't need him anymore. I don't need God in my life. I don't need church in my life. I got, I'm a man of valor. I'm second in command. People know me. Have you seen my bank account? Have you seen where I've gotten myself in, in my life? And I can just see that servant still by name and say, man, just try it, just try it. Six times he comes up, still nothing. By this point, anger and bitterness have set in now you're mad at god god you said you were going to heal me god you said you were going to take this from me why am i still angry why am i still so unforgiving towards people why am i still so bitter it's because you don't give it to me not pieces of it i need you to give it all to me all parts all parts so finally on the last one Naaman he's like man I'm already at six what the heck comes he dips and he comes out and the Bible says it's like he had skin of a child and he was healed Naaman took the journey he took the journey that he needed to get to destination of healing this morning man can I submit to you that Some of you, you're on dip three. Some of you, you're on dip six, and you're like right there. And this morning, God is ready to heal your heart. Man, your heart has been struggling. It's been restless. Your heart, you're you're tired and you're weary. And he's saying, man, I just want to love you. I just want to love you. I just want to love you. I'm sending people in your direction so they can love you. But you won't because you're holding on to this. You're holding on and you won't let go. You need to forgive, you need to let go, you need to, you need to forgive them, you need to love them. Whatever happened in the past, whatever you've been carrying all your life that you think is your identity. Because as a leper, that was his identity. He's a leper, he's a leper. That's what people called him, he's a leper. And you think, man, I'm just a bitter old woman. I'm just an angry man. Some of you, you've been on the journey and you, you're ready to throw in the towel, like, you know what, this church thing, this, these people, are kind of weird, the pastor's loud, he talks forever, and I'm just here to encourage you, man, he wants to heal you today. He wants to pull anger from you, he wants to pull bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, insecurity whatever it is because guess what your past does not define you he doesn't call you by your sin he calls you by your name the enemy calls you by your sin the enemy calls you other things that aren't your identity and he's saying son daughter just give it to me because we serve a God who who doesn't need that. He wants to take that from you. We serve a God who lacks nothing. He is in need of nothing. He is the King of King and the Lord of Lords. He is the Savior. He says, I want to love you. I want to love you. I want to love you, but you won't let me. I want to take you on this journey. I want to put people in your life who are going to bring joy and peace and patience. I want to bring people in your life who are going to help you, encourage you, love your children. I want to bless you because i'm your father the bible says that if we as have earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to our children how much more does a god of the universe want to give us guess what it's possible but you just got to bring it to him you got to bring it to him nobody can do it no nobody else could have taken that naaman's place nobody else could have dipped seven times and he get healed it had to be him it had to be him, and some of you, you're waiting on your spouse. Some of you are, are holding your spouse's hand like, hey, we need to go pray, we need to serve, we need to love, we need to, we, we need to give, we, we need to trust, we need to go ask, uh, we need to go tell these people we forgive, and he's like, no, 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 I'm talking to you, I need you to forgive, I need you, just you.